It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Why the television of liberalism is becoming scarier. And it keeps getting worse for police on the west side of the state. But first... Give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. And as we do feel bad for those officers on the west side of the state that have to deal with the Kashama Sawants and, and everything else, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Rob Francis said, Dawson, with the hour number two of the bottom line underway, we are thankful, very thankful for the law enforcement that we have in our community. It is uh, National Police Week, and we are thankful for our police each and every day, not just this week. Joining us on the line is Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg. Good afternoon to you, Chief. Thanks for some time. We know you're busy. You bet, gentlemen. I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about the press conference that you had uh, about two hours ago detailing a significant sweep, multi, a multi-agency effort put together to basically get in the face of of what had become a problem over the last 10 days in the city of Kennewick specifically. Talk to us a little bit about the sweep and, and, and how it came together. Well, I'm honored to do that. Um, i got to back up a little bit, though, and, and talk about what led up to this, because, you know, it's unusual for us to have five drive-by shootings uh, kind of culminated by a gang-related homicide all within a little over a week. And so that's what started it, to be honest with you. We haven't had this type of gang violence in the Tri-Cities probably since uh, 2003, 2004, 2005, somewhere around there. So um, the bottom line on this is, you know, law enforcement throughout the Tri-Cities, regardless of what city it's in, we're just not going to tolerate this kind of behavior when it raises uh, to this level and this magnitude. Now, Chief, tell us how many different agencies uh coordinated together to conduct this sweep? So on the heels of our gang-related homicide on May 5th, uh, and of course, you know, it took time uh, during those incidents that I described, uh, we ended up arresting 10 subjects out of that initial spree of violence that we saw. Uh, We arrested six adults and four juveniles. And so, you know, keep in mind that we're, we're arresting people, we're putting people in jail, we held people accountable for each and every one of those uh, incidents that we had. And in the meantime, we're coordinating with, we ended up coordinating with 20 regional agencies, including federal and Department of Corrections as well and the state patrol. So we pulled together 20 different agencies and Monday morning we had 76 individual law enforcement officers down in our training room getting them prepared to go out and start contacting people that were criminal gang members and people that were involved in criminal gang activity. That's tremendous. We're talking with Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. How many, uh, was it 15 arrests overall, Chief? Yes, we ended up making 15 uh, arrested. Out of those 15 arrests, 14 were adults, one was a juvenile and all either were gang members or gang associates each and every one now chief in in the in the process uh, over the last couple of weeks i mean the arrests made in in the two homicides that you discussed the other drive-by shootings is there been any information gleaned regarding 
why all of a sudden this outbreak of gang-associated violence in our community, or is it just cabin fever? You know, I think it's a combination of several different things. We, we have people that are being released from prison that, have, that we put in prison in years past. Um, we also have uh, younger generation people that, um, you know, have a family member that's in a gang that is they are growing up and they are getting initiated and they're getting engaged in criminal gang activity. So we've seen a number of factors. We've been watching the criminal um, gang graffiti, gang graffiti that we've seen not only here in Kennewick, but throughout the Tri-Cities and both counties, as well as other parts of the state as well. We're talking with Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Earlier today, Chief Hohenberg, along with other members of law enforcement, held a press conference to detail a very coordinated sweep that was conducted, netting in the arrests of 15 gang-affiliated members. Chief Hohenberg, uh, this is obviously good news uh, for the community and, and certainly from the law enforcement aspect. But maybe put it into perspective for us, 15 arrests... Uh, we know that that might put a dent in the in the problem. How significant is it to to make these 15 arrests uh, to the overall gang issue in the Tri-Cities and the overall safety of the community? Well, I think it sends a message, a clear message that we're not going to tolerate this type of behavior. Uh, we have more targets and we're not done. And uh, my commitment uh, to the members of the community here in Kennewick and as a regional partner to my law enforcement partners throughout the Tri-Cities is we're going to keep the pressure on. Uh, as I said today in the news conference, people can make choices. They can either, you know, not engage in criminal gang activity. They can find other communities maybe that are more tolerant uh, than the Tri-Cities. I hear from community members all the time about uh, being willing to pay more taxes to combat this issue. That's one of the reasons why we passed the public safety sales tax back in 2014. And I can tell you that we're going to be relentless, and you're going to see the police increase the pressures in dealing with this type of activity. Well, we know that it, it, gang activity is certainly a problem, you know, everywhere, but it seems to be more pronounced up and down the Yakima Valley. We hear a lot of stories from Yakima uh, down uh, the valley towards the Tri-Cities. What is it going to take to keep the Tri-Cities from becoming part of that wave and, uh, and where it kind of stops at the Tri-Cities? Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't want to speculate. Um, I have a lot of good friends in the Yakima a valley that, um, you know, our chiefs and sheriffs uh, throughout that region. But I can tell you here in the Tri-Cities, just because of our close proximity, I think we have the advantage at times of being more coordinated in our response. You know, uh, Sunnyside is not as close to Yakima as Pasco, Richland, and Kennewick are co-located together, and West Richland's not too far away from us either. So, we have the advantage of being able to really attack this problem from a regional approach and also look at other opportunities like programs like the Boys and Girls Club to try to attack the problem earlier as well. We're talking with Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Chief, we appreciate your time. Got one more question for you before we we'll let you go, and this one's going to draw a little bit on your experience and maybe a little bit of looking into the crystal ball. Um, we we see the results of what was accomplished with all of the interagency work coming together, making these arrests, sending this message. But 
how often is a message like this really received by those that do want to live this lifestyle, do feel comfortable committing these crimes, do want to put this challenge out there on a regular basis to law enforcement? Do you think this message was heard that was sent by all of these agencies? And do you believe that by continuing to do this, we are going to prevent the kind of decay that has hit so many cities that have reacted too late? Well, my short answer is yes. Um, And I say that um, as of last week, the word on the street that our detectives and um, our criminal apprehension team was hearing that um, people engaged in criminal gang activity knew something was coming from law enforcement. We have a reputation here that when we've had these type of incidents, that we've responded very quickly and with a lot of resources. You know, and at times we still get criticized no matter what we do. We get criticized from some folks in the public that says, well, you made 15 arrests and you had 76 officers. How much does that cost? And I said, and, you know, my short answer to that is, what is the cost of a human life? And how much are we willing to invest to make sure that we prevent this kind of occurrence in the future? And I can tell you from my elected officials, from my city manager, uh, from my colleagues that I work with, we're willing to pull together, work a little thinner at time, and put the resources where we need to do that to combat criminal gang activity. Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg, thank you for your time this afternoon. Appreciate everything that you your department and the local agencies have done, not just in coming together in this event, but what you guys do each and every day. And be safe out there, Chief. Thank you. You guys have a great day. All right. You as well. Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg joining us to talk about the multi-agency effort that netted 15 arrests to combat the rise in gang-related incidents that we saw in the Tri-Cities over the last couple of weeks. Thankful they're out there. More of the bottom line when we come back. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Now this hour brought to you in part by Perfection Tire with four Tri-Cities locations to serve you. 547-1610 is the number. You can email us by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. And, and you know, talking to Chief Hohenberg and and getting into what, the detail and everything that went into the agencies coming together and conducting the sweep that happened that, that netted 15 arrests, it, it makes you... It makes you realize and it makes you it makes me thankful to live in a community like this instead of a community that doesn't want to cooperate with law enforcement, a community that doesn't want to work with to make sure that those that are threats to society are justly punished. We're going to go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Steve from West Richland. What's on your mind, Steve? <clears throat> there. There's there's a couple of elephants in the room regarding this gang thing, right? One of I'm from Toppenish. My hometown is uh, primarily Hispanic now, more than sixty percent or greater. And my uncle still lives there. There's activity all night, gunshots every night, and all that kind of stuff. Yakima now is more than fifty percent Hispanic. 
and there's gunshots and stuff. Do we do we put that all on the gang thing? I don't know. I'm going to leave that alone for a minute. But look, this guy out in Finley sells marijuana, and last I read, he was it was a million and a half a month. Of course, he's got two stores. Well, here's my here's here's what I want to point out, suggest to you guys, because you guys are watching this thing. <clears throat> he does a million and a half dollars worth of marijuana sales a month. I wonder in Benton and Franklin County how many dollars of illegal marijuana are sold. I don't know. Then, of course, you've got cocaine and meth and whatever else, the heroin, right? So are we, is it not apparent that there is a marketplace out there that apparently is done mostly after dark, I would guess? I don't know. How many dollars worth of illegal drugs are sold in our two counties? And if, if there's as much as I suspect there is, it's an industry, and it creates an attraction, I have known, and so have each of you guys. I know you're clean livers. I am too, trust me. But there's a lot of people selling drugs out there, and there's a lot of people who know where drugs can be purchased. If there's a 4 or $5 million a month industry out there that any common person can get involved with, there's the attraction, right? There, that's all i got to say on that thing. I wanted to bring, bring that thinking to you. Well, thanks for the call, we Steve. Appreciate we appreciate it. it. Now, I mean, in Benton County, recreational marijuana is legal yes in franklin county it is not so any marijuana that is sold in franklin county is illegal right the marketplace the marketplace that is correct anything is sold i mean if the marketplace is not recognized in the county any marijuana that's sold is going to be illegal right but it's, it's separate from usage yes separate from usage um i don't know the amount of money i imagine it's a it's it's probably a a good amount um, we also know that the illegal market uh, certainly has its uh, prescribers and those that are involved in in the selling and supplying and everything else. I mean, it's a it's a multi billion dollar industry. And look, we know that there are cartels that are in Mexico that supply into the United States all throughout the country, and there is a network that exists there. We know that the some of the concerns in the legal marijuana industry has been muscling from the cartels. It's happened in California. We don't know if it's happened in Washington State, but we know that it's happened in California and it's happened in the medical end in California. Um, as far as anything else, I mean, the police are very aware of what goes on. But in order to be able to get to it, you have to be able to know where it is, catch in the act, and, and, and have a built case to be able to put the individuals away or be able to, if they're, you know, depending or not if they're here legally, deport them. Um, and it takes a lot of time, effort, energy, and manpower. And there are infinitely more, well, I don't want to say infinitely, but I think that the percentage of people uh, out there that are involved in the, in the, in the drug game are more than what we have available in police resources. It is a never-ending battle. Sure, no doubt. And and it should be noted that the concerted effort that was announced today over the last few days of this sweep of gang activity, thankfully, the agencies around here do work together a lot. I mean, you have to, but it doesn't have to run smoothly. Thankfully, it does. 
for the most part, at least from from my vantage point. And that helps. And, and that's what Chief Holmberg was saying was this ability to regionalize resources easier is because people, for the most part, get along. They can work together at the very least. And yeah, you do see concerted efforts between the cities, counties, state, even the feds, uh, you know, on on occasion, uh, you know, whether it be net nanny or drug activity or gang activity, whatever it is, that things like this do go on, which is which is great. They can't do it all the time. Otherwise, there will be nobody left to go on the regular calls. But from time to time, they can do what they what they did. As far as the drug question from our last caller, the the whole the whole idea, not the whole idea, part of the idea surrounding legalizing marijuana was supposed to be taking a chunk out of the black market. And although I'm sure on some level it's done that, it didn't eliminate it. There's always going to be a black market. There's always going to be a shady underside. And yeah, is there a connection between that and gang activity coming from Mexico? Absolutely. But you hope that while the United States is a little bit more vigilant at the southern border, you hope that, you know, local law enforcement is able to do these kinds of sweeps and stings from time to time. You hope that it is making a significant dent in the problem. Is it always is it going to go away? No. Uh, But, uh, you know, can we avoid the fates of other cities? And, I, you know, I didn't mean to pick on. Yakima or anybody else throughout the the Yakima Valley, you just hear stories. We get stories. We we report on stories uh, that it's it's going on, and it does seem to happen a lot. And it doesn't seem to happen in the Tri Cities nearly as much as it does in Yakima and other places along uh, the Yakima Valley. Again, it's not a a dig at anybody. But it's just a reality. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Five zero nine five four seven one six ten. You know, <clears throat> want to make sure we mention to you as well. If you're out, you're looking for a change. You want to change something important in your life, especially something that costs money. Everybody's looking to cut a corner here or there when it comes to keeping money in your pocket. Insurance is one of the first ways you can turn around and look and decide if you're paying too much. If it feels like you're paying too much, you might be paying too much. And that's why you shop around. Don't go through a broker. Go directly to an agent. And the agent is Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance on Road 68 in Pasco. Call Jason. Visit his website. Talk with him directly. See if Jason can save you more money with your car, with your home, with your farm, with whatever it is. Jason's got a bunch of policies, so American Family Insurance, a long-time trusted insurance company, and no better than to sit down one-on-one with an agent that'll look you in the eye and tell you, this is what I can do for you. Let's see if we can make this work. Contact Jason Hogue road, on Road 68, American Family Insurance, today, and see if you can make your insurance life a little bit better and a little bit easier to manage. Back with more. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. After this, we dive into our poll question. And believe me, when we open up this can of worms, we might not close it for a day or two.
can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610-KONA. This hour brought to you in part by Ben Franklin Transit. Connecting our communities, you can visit them at bft.org. And welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Rob Francis at Dawson hanging with you. Uh, subject of our poll question today, pretty simple. Uh, in light of kind of what we were discussing with, with Chief Hohenberg, um, the fact that this, this area takes problems seriously. They are proactive when it comes to the issues. But there are communities that are not, and there are communities that battle with the federal government because they don't want to work with them, and those are what we call sanctuary cities. And there are a couple of stories out there recently that we wanted to discuss on the program just to point out exactly how disgusting these policies are. But our poll question for today at Bottom Line 610 and at 610 KONA Radio, who or what do sanctuary city policies benefit? We gave you a few options to choose from. Check it out at Bottom Line 610. Who or what do sanctuary city policies benefit? actually benefit. We're going to the phone. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Bob, calling from Pasco. What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is we're, we're an agricultural area and bigger lots out here. Everybody's, the, the people are growing 25 and 30 marijuana plants. This is past personal usage. And accumulatively, it, it it's acreage. Uh, marijuana. Uh, why? Why the uh, the uh, sheriffs can't come in and start doing something about this? They wonder why people are driving down the roads on the wrong side, head-on collisions. You got to do something. And that, there was a caller back several calls ago that addressed this, and the man was right. We got to start stomping down on this marijuana usage. It, 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 it's crazy. This is the black market. Uh, it's not going through. It's Franklin County, you're not supposed to sell it. But somebody is. This is craziness out here. Thanks for your call. We appreciate it. I do believe medical is legal in, in Franklin County, mm-hmm. uh, but recreational is not. And if you do have a medical facility, you, ha- you have the ability to grow. Granted, you don't have the ability to grow an acre, um, but you have the ability to grow some. And, I mean, the laws are... The laws are what they are in Washington State. Unfortunately, they're not great. Um, but there are people out there that believe that marijuana is safer for you than alcohol. Um, I don't agree with that philosophy. Uh, I don't think there's anything that supports that philosophy, um, especially when you look at how each drug is metabolized by the body. But that in and of itself, there's going to be that disagreement, and I, I agree. I think there has to be something... Um, that needs to be looked at. Of course, Benton County really dropped the ball uh, when they decided to recreate, legalize recreational uh, marijuana, and they've been paying for it ever since. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? You're up. All right, give us a call back, 547-1610. Um, there's a story, a couple of stories, recently regarding some cities, all right, let's just face it. Let's just call it what it is. It's Multnomah County in Oregon. They apparently really hate ICE, really hate ICE, to a degree that they have allowed these in, these types of individuals to walk out of their county 
jail and not notify ICE, and they've gone on to commit other crimes. We'll, we'll detail that in a minute. It's back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Jason from just outside Pasco. What's on your mind, sir? couple of comments one on the insurance aspect of things so long as the state is creating a level playing field and we're not subsidizing that i have no problem with competition Competition's a good thing uh the second thing is when you look at and i'm from yakima when you look at the socioeconomic aspects of the tri-cities the racial aspects and the education levels i think you're going to see an overall higher end and we know that gang problems happen in the lower economic areas where you have you know fewer family uh intact units you have the support systems that they need which is one of the reasons why they tie to it i think it would be real interesting to see what the different socioeconomic aspects from education you know property values all of the different things that go into where the gang activity is and i for one am sick of the gang activity and i don't get it but I'm not from that socioeconomic background, if you know what I'm saying. No, absolutely. I hear you, Jason. And, and unfortunately, I think one of the things that we go back and we look at these things and how they've gotten to the point they are, there is an L, there is an aspect and an element that the community has to take on as far as a responsibility for it, because they've allowed that socioeconomic issue to decline. They've allowed it to get to that point, and it's incredibly unfortunate because if if everyone – I shouldn't say everyone. That's not the right term. If people in a community looked and took pride in the in the things and the aspects of their community that they're supposed to, their schools, their children, their police, then you would, I think, be able to avoid or at least be able to significantly put off these type of things infiltrating a community. But when you lose that kind of pride or there's other, other things that take over or people decide to take a step back and allow other other things to happen then you're losing that battle and before you know you've lost the battle you've been overwhelmed with the situation five four seven one six ten thanks for the call jason appreciate the points um multnomah county this is why this is why (laughs) this is why the narrow tunnel vision of liberalism is so scary all right last year multnomah county Convicts and puts a guy in jail for fourth-degree felony assault and an attack on his wife. All right. ICE put out a civil detainer on the guy. Guy walks out. Didn't recognize the detainer on ICE. Guy goes and kills his wife. Multnomah County. Eh. We don't believe in sanctuary. We're a sanctuary city. We don't believe in detaining ICE. No, we don't believe in calling ICE. Nah, we're not going to do it. Obviously, the wife is in fear of her life. He walks, goes home, kills his wife. Think maybe that could have been prevented? Yeah. But, gosh, Multnomah County is so concerned about how it's going to look. How it's going to look if they if they're, if they cooperate with ICE. Gosh, how that's going to look. Does it look worse when a guy who's in the country illegally, goes home and kills his wife instead of being arrested by ICE and potentially deported? Or or does him being arrested by ICE look worse and having a life saved? 
Well, again, it goes back to your uh, political ideology and where you're coming from. I mean, there's... Which isn't that disturbing? It there's is. A, there's a portion of a political ideology right. out there That's that where says I was going. A, a woman's life That's where I was going. is worth it's, less than that? At, w- at what point I has... Okay, it's probably gone on for a long time, but it just seems more pronounced now that political ideology trumps everything. And I may have you know, use that term on purpose, but, but trumps everything, including moral values or things that you grew up believing, or hopefully something, some good things that your parents instilled in you. Political ideology is king right now. There is, you know, everything is being dictated, it seems anyway, from that vantage point, not whether or not something is the right thing to do, whether or not, uh, it goes against the law, you know, it's all about political ideology, it seems. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys, it's Lisa in Richland. Hi, Lisa. Up, Lisa? Hey, I really want to thank Chief Holmberg for that conference and updating us on what was going on because I know there was a lot of anxiety, and I think that's phenomenal that we do have such a community that can come together get all those resources and execute that and nobody was even injured. So I really think that's very phenomenal that we were able to do that. And I want to just thank him for listening to our concerns because he's always good about that. Um, And I do want to mention that public safety tax because that is still sitting there and we have this crime rise and I see our law enforcement politely asking for resources, and I really wish our commissioners would address this public safety tax that they have. I think it's $12 million. Um, We've paid that, and the citizens deserve to have that used wisely, so I hope that's addressed soon. Um, The last thing I want to say is I want to be careful about pigeonholing a certain race into the crime because I'm in North Richland, and we just had a white-on-white murder, and I believe that that gentleman is still on the loose. So I just want to point out that we are getting an influx of people into the Tri-Cities, and you're going to have more crime. But thank goodness we have really good law enforcement that's looking after us. But it's not just one race. I just want to make that clear. There's a lot of white-on-white crime going on as well. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Yeah. We appreciate it. No, there's a lot of everybody on everybody crime going That's on. That's right. And yes, I, I, I'm so glad she brought that up because it's not all Hispanics. No. Is it? Is it a, a, a lot? Yeah, it seems like it, but it is not everything. And, and we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be judging by someone's race, creed, color, all the other things. And so I'm glad she pointed that out. And yeah, they're... The 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 incident well, in Richland was gang related. Okay, but here's something okay. else. Keep, here's something else I can keep in mind too. Okay, if you have a community where you have a larger than average population of people getting involved in criminal elements, it should fall more on that community to try and police itself and try and change that outcome. And if that community doesn't want to do so, or that community finds a difficulty in in stepping up to the plate and preventing these things from happening or getting more involved within their own community to try and present that try and prevent that population from going larger 
it's not fair to turn around to others and say, well, it's not just this. Well, if you're going down this road and you're allowing your community to grow out of control in this regard, you can't turn around and say it's an equal playing field then. You can't turn around and say that there are less people or more people based on the fact that your community is not doing anything to stop others in your community from going down this road. So then it's it's not up to somebody else. You also have to turn around and take the reins in your own community and try and prevent this stuff as well. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Rick in Richland. Hi, Rick. What's on your mind? You know, I just had an idea with the I-1639. If someone steals your gun from your home, you can be held theoretically responsible for any crime that they commit. Why can't those people be held responsible for letting those people go? Oh, in Multnomah County. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Believe me. that You think that one was bad? Get a load of this one. Out of Multnomah County. Guy just got convicted last month, was in jail from February, was sentenced for 60 days. They kicked him out because he was awaiting trial. Uh, He was in jail for over 60 days. He raped his fiance's dog, raped her dog, and raped the dog so badly The dog had to be euthanized. And this guy gets 60 days. Not only that, but they ignore the ICE detainer as well. So ICE is like, where is he? Oh, we let him go. They picked him up at his house on Thursday. A month after he was released, he raped a dog to death. But Multnomah County's more concerned about how it looked. Oh, we can't work with ice. But you know what? Let's have somebody in the community that rapes dogs. That's a fantastic addition to Multnomah County, Oregon. Bet the real estate values are skyrocketing there. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Rob and Ed. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610 KONA. This hour brought to you in part by the Kitchen Creators at Bunch Finnegan, making your dream kitchen come true. They're located at 9 East Columbia Drive in Kennewick. Hey, look, the real estate market out there is still hopping. There's still houses that are out there that are moving, buying, and selling. People are going from one to the other. And when it's such a it's, – it, it's becoming even more of a, of a just stressful situation. If you want to take the stress out of it, contact Jennifer Mons at Windermere Real Estate, Windermere Group One. Uh, Jennifer, she's moved plenty of times in her life and has a tremendous, extensive real estate background. Not only can she navigate you through all the stressful bumps, but she knows what it's like herself to move frequently and everything that is involved with it. So to take care of all those little bumps, let Jennifer take care of all the difficulties for you so that you can focus on the other stuff. Take care of that. Jennifer Mons. Windermere Real Estate. Check out our website, Jennifer Mons, M-O-N-D-S, at windermere.com. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Sarah from Kennewick. Hi, Sarah. What's up? 
Hey, tonight is uh, City Council night. If you're a homeowner, you ought to be going. I started going just because I was kind of needed something to do, and I was retired, and I found out that you find out a lot. Tonight is is not the regular council meeting, but it's the people that head the different departments. And sometimes it's kind of boring. Sometimes you can leave if you want to. But go and learn about your uh, people and who, are, who to go see if you need something, you know, and uh, and kind of support our uh other our commissioners and our department heads like the the captain and uh, like i say you'll learn a lot of when you see those things from seattle and stuff and you'll learn how to go uh pray for them and thank your your uh your people that they are like we, we've got what we got here to keep them keep everybody uh, in line or try and they uh, put their lives on the line so go thank them come on down Six thirty. Thank, thanks for the call, Sarah. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K one A. Your name? Where are you calling from? Well, this is uh, Rick. What's up, Rick? Well, I'm just uh, calling in to uh, say hey, thank you to all of our police officers. This is uh, Police Month, and that includes corrections officers. And people have lost respect. For some reason, and I think it's just because the media only exposes the bad, but everybody wants to have a police officer show up when something's going wrong. And I feel that uh, they are treated badly because they are paid about the same amount of money, if not less, than what a uh, school teacher is. So, you know, it's just not right for people to be judging somebody else until you need them. And then uh, when you do need them, they're there to respond regardless of uh, who you are, where you came from, or any of that. Thanks for the call, Rick. And want to make sure we get out there, too. Uh, May is Corrections Pride Month for okay. uh, corrections officers throughout the state, throughout the country. May is Corrections Pride Month for all of those that are that work in prisons, jails. In fact, it was a year ago uh, this month that I took the tour up at Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla. And, and they uh, let you leave. That's and they amazing. Let me, you're right. They let me leave unimpeded. <laughs> um, but, you know, certainly Rick's got a great point in recognizing uh, them and what they do. And they put themselves in harm's way each and every day as well. And believe me, you want to talk about being outmanned? <sighs> Corrections officers outmanned by a mile and a half. Um, you know, so certainly appreciate what they do. And... Uh, especially with this being Corrections Pride Month. You can also, uh, let's give people one more time the poll question before we leave. Absolutely. Poll question today, very simple. Who or what benefits from sanctuary cities? Who do those policies benefit? At bottom line 610, at 610 KONA ra- radio on Twitter. Who or what do the sanctuary city policies benefit? Um... Absolutely, in my opinion, no one. They they benefit murderers and dog rapists. That's all for the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere. We've got all your news, weather, and rainy conditions. 
traffic and more coming up on the afternoon report. Stay with us.